Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how we doing? I am excellent. Excellent, AJ. You know, we're we're Good. a few days out from uh yeah, from uh, Detroit Grand Prix. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's Thursday, June 8th. Um so yeah, we're a little little bit behind, but it's a uh, it's been a busy uh busy week for us. Uh I was doing some traveling. Tyler had some had some stuff he had to take care of, but yeah, we're going to talk about the uh detroit grand prix alex Pillow second win of the season running away with the with the championship in the championship point standings at this point he's up 51 points over marcus erickson um yeah another another just solid solid weekend he sat on pole so yeah just a really solid weekend from alex Pillow. um you know tyler i don't know do, do you think anyone can catch him in in the championship, I think he's kind of like the runaway. He's he's gonna. It's basically his championship to lose at this point. I think certainly his championship to lose, but is fifty one points where people normally at at this point in the season is like it's hard um, for me to judge because like F one, it's like <laughs> you get so many points for for a win. Yeah, um, like that isn't a big lead in F one. I mean, it is, but. 51 points 51 points is uh that i mean you get 50 points for a win so i mean then you would have had to lead a lap so essentially you get 51 points regardless Mm -hmm. um so i mean he's a full he would have to miss a race and marcus erickson would have to win for him to catch up in one week at this point in the season it's only it's you know it's we just finished the seventh race of the season um that's a i feel like that's a pretty big margin at this point and it's because he's been so consistent i mean he's that like i said it's his second win um but other than that his worst finish is eighth so i mean he's very yeah. much putting together at least the start of a season similar to willpower from last year who only won one race and still mm-hmm. managed to beat joseph newgarden who won five races over the course of the season so very, wow. very much nickel and diming the rest of the field so far. Very but, wild. So is there is there anyone that you think can catch him? Uh well, uh, I think Will Power might be able to. If there's anyone, it's Will, because uh I feel like he showed it in this race where he was really given Polo a run for his money. And mm-hmm. he's he is not as consistent as Polo though so far. Um yeah. and part of that is luck, but uh, I think I think uh, Will Power, he's got the touch. <laughs> uh, I, I, what song is that? Isn't that like a? Is it a jingle? No, I think no. it's like a cartoon song, right? It's wasn't that in the. It's not like He Man, uh, but uh, 
it's something like you know the off-brand he-man maybe and you know the the listeners who are listening to us describe this right now who are just 10 20 years older are like <laughs> they're giving a big middle finger um well yeah we probably deserve it for multiple reasons but oh totally all right well if you know reach out to us 16 street pod at gmail.com let us know <laughs> yeah but i do think willpower you know he could catch him uh well i don't know where he's even sitting at in the standings but i just feel like he's he's kind of guy that can put a magic string together or dixon i guess but yeah. he's he's an eighth right now he's 101 points back um it's interesting because last year it kind of seemed like there you know there was this new willpower he, I mean, he's uh, he's one of the fastest drivers of all time. He's all-time pole leader, you know, like the guy can lay down a lap when he needs a lap, but better than anyone ever. Um, But last year, he kind of had a different mindset. He very much had a season like Pelot is putting together at this point where, you know, he wasn't taking risks to get wins, but he was putting together the whole weekend and it was just podium after podium top 10 after top 10 um and it's it's pretty much the same formula for Pelot this year and it's interesting that he's had such a rough start mm-hmm. willpower that is um and it's I, I mean it's not necessarily rough but this is his best he had a podium in alabama at barber but um you know not the typical willpower that we're used to contending for wins um so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced that he could catch him. I don't know. No, I mean uh, if he, he gets be... back into that mode from last year, I think he could. But he, he could be like that that meme that had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I think he's he's a guy who uh, has proven that he can put the consistency together as long as yeah. the car is working for him, uh, and his team's behind him. I I really liked watching him uh, this race because he started in like seventh, eighth. And worked his way up to second and almost got the almost got the dub. Um yeah. Yeah, he started so, seventh. Yeah. Uh that's not it seemed like you know, I gotta I gotta like preface everything I say because I'm so new to this, but it seems like on a track like this, overtaking is not the easiest thing to do without running into a wall. Yeah. So that was impressive to me. Yeah. Well, I mean I he's one of the best ever. It's hard, you can't you can't have that conversation without talking about willpower. I mean, he's beat Mario Andretti's record for most polls. So like when you're in that conversation, you have to be considered among, if you're in the same breath as Mario Andretti, like mm-hmm. you're one of the best ever. And he wanted it, you know, he's been around for almost 20 years at this point and he won a championship last year. So like, he's still got it clearly. Um, Do you see his, his quote about F1 bringing uh <laughs> like hey if they had a structure like indycar this is a very loose quote if, he, if they had a structure like indycar they would be a, a better sport or more competitive. yeah i did yeah. i i decided to not engage <laughs> i saw it and i was like you know what i'm gonna be better well i'm, I'm not gonna be one of those guys today i'm not gonna be one of those people who's like almost like i have a inferiority complex you know like a little, like- little brother syndrome kind of thing like I feel like trying to I, avoid that. I I have that somewhat, um, and I'm I'm really just trying to understand it. <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of all of this, and I I do have that because I just don't like the 
I don't like the feeling of like European superiority. Mm-hmm. Um that sometimes rubs off on on IndyCar, I think, uh, mm-hmm. or that I just get a sense from. I don't know. And all some this could all be personal. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like there is something to. I mean, Formula One. It's a global sport. You're obviously when you're talking about like global population, you're obviously going to attract. I mean, just this is math, right? Like <laughs> the U.S. only has three hundred and what thirty million people or yeah. whatever, and there's over 7 billion people it, you know so yeah. we're talking about 6.5 billion people compared to 330 million so like mm-hmm. obviously talent pool is way bigger you're probably going to get a lot of very good drivers but it's so expensive it's like there you, you yeah. price out the, the vast majority of those people and like you're st- i mean it's not like indycar's only americans there's however many 12 or oh. whatever but yeah, i mean a ton you're going to get amongst the best drivers in the world. You're going to find them in formula one. I get that, but that doesn't mean the guys who are in IndyCar are any worse. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember. I think it's like a Michael Schumacher quote or something, but like he basically says like the best driver in the world is probably like working on a farm somewhere. (laughs) Like no one knows (laughs) because they can't, they couldn't afford to race. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm Luke Skywalker was uh you know bullseyeing womp rats in his T sixteen back home. Yeah, and he blew up the Death Star. Exactly. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. He's the the best driver in the world is stuck on what is it Tatooine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is it Tatooine? Oh my god, you're my friend. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just busting balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't want, like, I do think IndyCar is better. Um, the ra- the quality of the racing is obviously better. I don't think, I I really do not think the drivers in F1 as a whole are better than the drivers in IndyCar as a whole, with several exceptions. But, I mean, there's also several exceptions in the in the Formula One grid, too. But, yeah, um, yeah it's just, like, I don't think... Like Max Verstappen is not so much better than everyone else in F1 that he's like 50 seconds ahead halfway through the race. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? not just it's not just him. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's so much harder to tell who's good. And it's like I mean, Lewis Hamilton too is a great driver. Is he the best ever? I don't know. Was he the best driver for seven years? Best driver in the world for seven years straight or whatever. Yeah, I, not, well, not straight, I mean, but he he beat his teammate. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't get six me wrong. out of seven years, who was in the same car, and I mean that. But you he's know. good. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, he's very. And he's good. in the conversation. He's certainly yeah. in the conversation. But like, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. We don't have to spend too much time on this. I just wanted to bring it up because Will Power brought it up. Yeah. No, I mean that's fair. I don't know. It's just, and I'm I'm always in dialogue with my F1 fan yeah. friends. Fan friends, friend fans. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm like, I'm trying to get out of that mindset of like having to prove it. I need to, too. But the the thing that kind of bothers me about it is that like the IndyCar drivers are right there. And -hmm. if you watch the Detroit Grand Prix. You know, it's super accessible, like, oh, yeah, (laughs) these are these are icons. These are legends uh, in the making and they're like, you know, 
right there. You can literally <laughs> you yeah. just like walk up to them. Um yeah. and I don't know why more people aren't. I I, th- I think, you know, people don't under, you know, they they're not exposed to racing. They don't understand it. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is Detroit had some free areas that you could like general admission was free you could just go watch the race if you wanted yeah if you could get downtown and you know in a reasonable way and not have to pay i know there was one parking garage i think it was the one they showed with like people on top where you could like watch the race from i think it was like 75 bucks or something to park in there i'm hoping there were other areas throughout the city where you could just you know park for a normal fee or whatever (laughs) but um I think that's a good thing that they opened it up like that. I'm sure it didn't make for the best viewing experience, but it's something. It gets people there. Yeah, and it gets you excited. I'll tell you if, uh, you know, NASCAR is coming to Chicago uh, Mm -hmm. in in a few weeks here. If Mm -hmm. and. I, I do not know a single person who's bought a ticket. Yeah. (laughs) And I know a a pretty good amount of racing fans. Um, and everyone's just like, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, I know a buddy who's got a apartment in the South Loop or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> around Michigan, and they're they'll do that. But like, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone. So yeah. <laughs> if it was free, I would go down there. I think a lot more people. I, I bet you, I could Absolutely. get like twenty people out to go watch that race. And well, and even if tickets weren't, if tickets were fifty dollars instead of three hundred, yes, yeah. I think you would be getting a, you would know someone who's going. Like yeah. you would probably be going, right? If it's oh, 50 absolutely, bucks. 50, yeah. yeah, I'll pay fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Well, yeah, that's a NASCAR problem. That's not an IndyCar problem. Yeah, yeah. but that's the yeah. other thing about Formula One too. I mean, it's you. It's impossible to go to Miami. It's imp- it's gonna be impossible to go to Vegas. It's cheaper to buy a flight to Italy and watch a race there. <laughs> than to buy a ticket and a flight to Miami or uh, Austin. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's probably... uh, Austin is still expensive. Yeah, it's it, not actually, cheap. I'm pretty sure a GA ticket there is like 250 something yeah. insane. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It is a good point that like IndyCar is so much more accessible. I mean, it's the Gallagher Grand Prix. Is, I don't know if that's July or August. I can't remember how the schedule panned out this year, but um, I mean, a general mission is 35 bucks. You can bring in your cooler. Like, yeah, that's cheaper than going to a white Sox game or a Cubs game. Yeah. The parking at a white Sox game is $30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you can, you can park across the street for 15 bucks and you know, yeah. Or you park in someone's yard for probably 10 and, you know, bring in a six pack of beer that costs you 10 bucks. Yeah. You got yourself a nice Saturday. Buy a $5 hot dog. And a Sunday. Yeah. Sorry. 60 bucks. You got a day of racing. You've got yeah. Indy Lights, Cup Practice, you know, Indy Car, Xfinity. That's four races for mm-hmm. 70 bucks total, which yeah. is ridiculous. That's crazy. Such a good value. So that's why I just don't get Yeah. It's, it's hard. And this is coming from a Drive to Survive convert. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to be like, man, F1's the best. <laughs> yeah. When when like this stuff in my backyard is like affordable and they're doing the same stuff. 
Yeah. Like it's, it's like I just it's like I didn't even know that I could open the back door and there are these guys driving 240 miles an hour for like five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't. And uh, that's that's uh, probably the main the main problem IndyCar has had for yeah. the last 20 years. I would say so. I'd say that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, back to Will Powers comments, I think in for me personally, I think myself and other IndyCar fans need to do a better job of not not trying to to talk about how much better IndyCar is than Formula One. Um, we need to talk about how much fun IndyCar is and how great of an experience it would be to, you know, come to a race and to follow along throughout the year mm-hmm. and kind of focus on the positive things about it. Because I feel like if you get on Twitter and, you know, there's some 15 year old with like a, you know, Mad Max 27, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, Max Verstappen, go like the sick lap. Oh, my God. This is the best overtake I've ever seen. And it's like, you know, like a very standard, just like <laughs> I'll break them in a, you know, in like a very hard breaking corner or whatever. And like. Just textbook, you know, basic yeah. overtake or whatever. He's driving. He's he's yeah. got a fifty second lead when he's doing that. Yes. <laughs> and if you're like Max Verstappen sucks, like willpower is so much better. That it's just gonna like they're just gonna get entrenched in that. It's opinion. kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's this like social media yeah. culture. It's part of it's part of this like feel the need to to talk about that stuff mm-hmm. uh, or just like get some sort of you know brain there's something happening in people's brains where they just they can't understand that another person has a different opinion um especially online (laughs) yeah uh so i totally get where you're coming from um and i'll do i'll be i'll I'll, I'll be better about that because i get well i'm 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 guilty of it too i don't do it on social media really but i do it in my head and i've done it on this podcast before (laughs) well Um, i would with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were you were getting to F1. I was like, you better fucking watch IndyCar. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and I finally got you. I finally hooked yeah. you. In. But yeah. yeah, it's it's funny that you're feeling the same thing now. But well, maybe we can convert some of your friends here. Uh maybe. You know, I'm not gonna say they've been long time, long time F1 fans, and uh, power to them. Uh you know, the conversion is going to happen when we all meet up for a race at Gallagher, at Indy, uh, Road America, at one of these things, probably next year. And we just have a cookout and we have all of our buddies and it's it, it'll become a community. Um, well, I I want to put this on the pod. I tweeted it. If IndyCar goes back to Milwaukee last year, I will personally provide anyone who buys a ticket, you have to come up and show me your ticket, but I will have my grill set up. I'll have a big old cooler filled with ice cold beer. Show me your ticket. I will give you a hot dog and a beer on the house or put that out in the universe. If they bring back (laughs) Milwaukee so that, I mean that I hope, I hope at some point we have (laughs) some influence to help bring people to the race. Yeah. I you know I don't know if we're gonna bring a ton of people, but even the thing is, I like doing this because it gets it gets the it gets the stuff out of my head. Yeah, and um, I think you know uh, we know some people are listening, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is... Uh, Even it, if we don't you know, have influence, though, like, still, I'm it, still going to do We're interacting. That. We're still interacting with people. Yes. So and I cool. hope... I hope your your F one friends would be included in that. I hope they would come to Milwaukee, enticed by my ice cold beer. I, I can and, guarantee you, I'd get at least ten people off to that. All right, so. well, good for you. Yeah. Well, let's make it happen. Well, IndyCar <laughs> needs to make it happen. They need to get Milwaukee back on the schedule first. But even if they don't, we'll do it somewhere else. We'll get a yeah. We'll, we'll get, get a big it. big group going. We'll get some. We'll get some dogs on the grill. Some dogs we'll, and we'll have a good time. Or, you know, if you're in Wisconsin, you might not even want to cook your ground beef. We'll just give you a raw ground beef, ground beef sandwich. Because that's what some of those people do. <laughs> I'm still like, I know that's a thing. I like, I, you know, yeah, it, I just can't comprehend that. It, yeah, I don't get it either. But, <laughs> uh, well, when you're always eight MGDs deep. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the alcohol the alcohol yeah. in your blood you're not gonna get sick from from any salmonella or anything you're you're fine yeah. you're... <laughs> it's like rinsing out a cut with vodka it's essentially yeah. the same thing yeah 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 it's fine it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah all right well we should get back to the we should we should yeah the long diatribe on uh on f1 in any car yeah but i think it needed because we did get a little heated in the past couple episodes so. yeah yeah no that was yeah that's it's it's always on my mind you, mm. you know every day scrolling through twitter i you know just being being someone who follows racing closely you get all of that daily so yeah yeah and i mean it's always going to be part of the conversation that's never going to go away no but well well what, what did you think of of the race overall and more specifically the track because it was a new it was a hundred percent new track. Yeah. Uh, the track itself, uh, I thought like when they showed that, you know, they, I don't know what you, what, what's that called when they show like the, the outline of the track, the graphic, uh, they constantly the... refer to it as the marching ants really? with, with the, that's not the word I thought was going to come out of your mouth with, <laughs> with the number, like each car number on there and the little circles that go around. Uh, no, that makes sense. Marching ants make sense for that. Um, I, I was just talking about like the track in general, like the track image. Um, oh, the, tr- like the track map. Yeah. The track yeah. map. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, that when I first saw it, I was like, uh, we'll see what's going on here. Yeah. But honestly, man, I felt, it felt like they're there. I, maybe it's just what I would prefer. I don't like that long straightaway on the back end. Like mm-hmm. it felt a little too long. Yeah. Uh, I think you need a couple of sectors like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and it felt very narrow when I was watching it mm-hmm. and the seven yells is testament to that. Uh, there, it was exciting at parts, mm-hmm. but there was also times where I'm just like, okay, it's under yellow again. Um, and then you get into like the strategy mindset mm-hmm. and it's harder for me to get into following and getting excited about strategy. I can still do that, mm-hmm. but it's harder for me to do that yeah. versus just like, oh my God, there's willpower and Alex Pillow battling it out for the first, you know, for the yeah. final lap yeah, or, or Rossi and Rosenquist, which I think was probably the better fight uh, in my yeah. mind. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there were a couple that, that like, I also didn't have great expectations when, uh, like you, when I saw the layout for this race of the track. Like a lot of ninety degree corners, it feels repetitive. Like it's when you're watching on TV, it's hard to tell where each corner is, where they're at on the track. It just it it doesn't have an identity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of lose that when every corner looks the same. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I do think it makes for good racing. Having hard braking zones and longer straights is gonna give you passing opportunities, and I th- I think that showed in the, in the on track product we got this weekend. I think there it was an interesting race because there were a lot of like guys getting outbraked, guys dive bombing people. I mm-hmm. I I don't know if you saw the, it. It was when. It was when Rossi, the Rossi and Felix incident happened at the very end of the race. Um, they were showing how Herta lost his front wing. And it was like him and VK in back-to-back corners. VK dive-bombed Herta. And Herta almost got out into the wall. And then mm-hmm. the very next corner, <laughs> Herta dive-bombed VK. Yeah. <laughs> and they just go right like, back to it. Yeah. And while it's kind of chaotic, it's still fun to watch. And the, like, if if it's fun to watch, the, I think that's a win. I think that's what IndyCard needs is something that's fun to watch. Because you're not, I mean, I love, I love Mid-Ohio. I love Barber. Like, they are great tracks. And, and for someone who's a seasoned racing racing fan, they're fun to watch. But... I think for a new fan, they come across as very boring. I don't think it's, I don't think it's easy for, and I mean, you just mentioned that it's, you know, it's harder for you to get into a strategy mindset Mm -hmm. when you're watching a race than it is like a, just a flat out race, like who's in front. And so for someone who watched the Indy 500 last weekend, you know, oh, wow, that was really cool. Let me, you know, throw on this weekend's race, see what, you know. See if it's as fun as last week. If it had gone to Barber or Belle Isle, even. I mean, Belle Isle, it was hard to pass there. Yeah. I think seeing <laughs> Felix Rosenquist diving inside his teammate into the hairpin and then running him out into the wall. I think that's <laughs> that's going to keep people watching. I think that is a compelling product. And I, I, I you know, is, is kind of silly as the track looks. I think I think it it's an overall win for IndyCar, in my opinion. I, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um it's just part of it is also uh when I when I compare it to other races, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair. Um it feels a little like flat. <laughs> uh you know, uh like- <laughs> Like, like physically flat. <laughs> so like topographically, like literally yes. it feels flat. Yes. Uh, and sometimes I want to see, you know, a hill. Yeah. Um, like I would love for a race in Kentucky or, you know, I mean, there's Nashville, I guess. Well, Bar- uh, I mean, but... Barber's kind of like that. Yeah. Barber's very. Yeah. Barber was kind of like that, actually. Yeah. I mean, um, 
you'll get we'll see Laguna Seca later this year. I mean, that's like infamously there there's a turn called the corkscrew, which um ooh, get me excited. I can't remember the exact. It's it's a very steep drop. Let me see if I can find some. Yeah. I I just, you know, and not that flat is bad because it's, you know, for racing, I think it, it's just a different um element. Yeah. Um and I, I there were some good things happening uh in this race. I thought Kirkwood uh coming back uh after yeah. going out with Cal Mylot's crash was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh and there there was a lot of good stories happening, but like I just feel like uh it wasn't you know I was more excited about Long Beach and St. Pete than I was Detroit. Well, that's interesting. I mean, in that in terms of topographic <laughs> literal <laughs> height changes, yeah. I think this was actually like there was a, more, a more here than there yeah. were at both St. Pete and Well, then I guess they just didn't do Long a good Beach. job of showing it cuz they talked about it at one point. Well, it, yeah, I at remember. one point I I think just the camera angles it was hard to to give you a good view of that. And I don't think it comes across super well in um in the in the onboard cameras because they're like angled down, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what what do you think about like being I mean the Renaissance Center, I don't know if you've ever been to Detroit. It it kind of dominates it looks the, like it dominates the skyline. <laughs> what do you what do you think about it being centered around such like an iconic I mean, I love that. Yeah. Like when they're doing the skyline shots and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Well, and there's um, also the, they, they, I don't think they go down Woodward at any point, but Woodward is like a famous street for, for car folks. I don't know if you know that or not, but um, I mean, that makes sense that there's famous streets in Detroit for car folks. Yeah. It's, it was <laughs> notorious for, for like street racing and stuff at one point in time. Um, but I, 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 you know, Oh, and hopefully it turns out that it was, you know, it was helpful in getting people into, into the race and, you know, paying more attention to what's going on down there. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I, th- I think, uh, I think, uh, maybe next year I'll, I'll, I'll pay more attention or maybe I'll even go out there next year. Uh, for cool. this race it's certainly doable mm-hmm. uh for for a midwest guy um mm-hmm. but uh it just uh, yeah i don't know man it didn't hit me like i did uh like it did the other races there wasn't like an importance factor you know mm-hmm. which is yeah. like or there wasn't something like oh this is what happens at the detroit race it was just like here's the detroit race yeah um yeah well that's fair yeah i don't know I, I mean, I think that was last week that you were talking about how, you know, IndyCar needs to make another race that feels as important as the 500. And, and also that factors into it. How are you going to follow up the 500? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got to yeah. throw some something out there. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not your best on-track product. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the 500, you mean? No. It's the, the thing that follows the 500. <laughs> it's like you're following... You, you know, you're a newbie and you're following Jerry uh, Seinfeld, uh, who just did a stand up. You got to follow him. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to live up to it because you just watch Jerry Seinfeld. True. And like, I have this craving for ovals right now. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like in my well, brain. I've I mean, never, I, I never thought I would say that 
I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you've, I mean, seen a few and have seen like what, what kind of race you can get from racing on an oval. I, I mean, you've been lucky that you've seen a couple of good ones this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all lucky that Texas kind of picked awesome. back up. Yeah. Cause I don't know. There was a while there. Things look pretty bleak. <laughs> like we wouldn't be like, we wouldn't be seeing any, anything at, at Texas for, for the rest of time. Um, but well, I'm glad to hear that you're like interested in ovals though. That's exciting. I, th- that's, I, that's a criticism I've heard a lot. And I don't think, I mean, IndyCar used to go to Milwaukee after the 500 every year. It happened that way for years and years and years. Um, And Milwaukee fell off the schedule and they started coming to Detroit. And obviously Chevy being an engine supplier, it's obviously a pretty important date for them. Um, I don't think they'll ever give up the, the weekend after the 500 because it's it's going to get that bump no, no matter what you know yeah. you have your largest audience of the year you're going to get some carryover and for gm to be like hey here's a race at our global headquarters <laughs> you know <laughs> that's it's it's not going to it's not going to be easy to get them to give that up so. no i don't think they will and i don't think they should um but i think they can make track changes i mean there was the bump going into turn one right mm-hmm. uh like like literally like a pothole yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and like that i don't know how much of a role that played it was kind of interesting to watch mm-hmm. uh but also do you, do you think I, it was I, like too rough if you would like just flipped it on yeah I think would it you think it looked <laughs> Like, I think it, what are these people doing? Does it make? I was it definitely rough? leaning towards a little too, little too rough, um, like haphazard or you know, unprofessional. Yeah. Maybe not unprofessional, because uh, uh, like they're still trying to race and it still looks professional and stuff. But like, yeah, it felt like maybe there was a couple areas of the track they could have cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, um, to make it just, <laughs> just like a. It'll look like maybe Cal Milot doesn't run into true Kirk, Kirkwood on the second lap on the start, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Like, that's not exciting to me. Um, yeah. I root for Cal, especially <laughs> after all the crap he's been through this year. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I don't think it really causes that many headaches uh, because mm-hmm. there was some good racing. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, and it sounds like they did a lot of work. They said they mentioned they, you know, they welded two hundred and fifty potholes. Well, they would the cars would suck them up if they didn't weld them down. <laughs> Be, like the, the air passing <laughs> over it sucks them up. It happened, I think, at Monaco once for an F one race. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like is 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 yeah. a well, not necessarily the chaos, but. I like how it factors in that it's something they have to manage and how it can be that not necessarily chaotic, but like a wild card mm-hmm. that if two guys are, you know, side by side trying to outbreak each other, if they can't manage the bumps, right. And, you know, maybe lock up the rears or whatever. I like that fact that it can, that it's another thing they have to manage. It's an external factor that they have to consider. And, correctly apply themselves to you know what i mean like yeah 
it's it's just something else that can that can spice it up a little bit. Yeah, there was there were points though where it seemed like something might be on something might be happening with the track or with a car where they just don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I ever got a salute. I don't think I ever heard what happened to Graham Ray Hall. Like, yeah. it looks like it's, he just locked up, but like, why did he lock up? I don't know. Well, yeah, um, especially during a yellow. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I that beats me. It sounded like he had no clue either, and it sounded like Hinch and Townsend had no idea. So, so no one, no one's come to a, a solution on that. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Did did it sound like when they interviewed him afterward? Did did you also think it sounded like he wanted to cry? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was thinking when they you were know, interviewing him. Uh, I'm like, I, I don't know about cry. Uh, but he certainly looked frustrated, not in a Grosjean frustrated way. Yeah. Uh, where it's like anger. Um, he seemed dejected. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can talk about that and Connor Daly. Uh, yeah. A little we'll, bit later. Yeah. We'll get to Connor <laughs> Daly in a little bit. Yeah. I still want to talk about Graham though. There's a conversation there. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Do you think Graham needs to leave Ray Hall Letterman just in your, you know, like in your opinion from the, the information you've gathered this year? It's hard. I don't think, I don't know if he needs to leave. Uh, stuff is not working out for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan, though. No. Uh, like <laughs> that's, that's a big an understatement. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Graham is a good driver. Yeah. You know, he's got, he's, he, He's a hell of a driver. Like he's got yeah. twenty eight podiums out of like however many races, seventy something like that. Yeah, um, more way more than seventy. Yeah, so, tell me, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got to be way more than seventy. Now yeah, I think about that for a long time. Um, um, exactly two hundred and fifty one races. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit touch more. Um, how many podiums has he got out of that? Is it twenty eight? Twenty eight podiums, six wins. Okay, so I was right on the podiums. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, still 28 podiums is like nothing to scoff at. No, uh, I don't know. I don't think he needs, I'm, I don't think he's gonna leave. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. Should where he, he leave? Go. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know where he would go. I don't think he should. And I don't want him to leave. But if I he, honestly would not be surprised if he did. Because I, I feel like at some point, because it's not like they had a great year last year either. Mm-hmm. Who's going to Chip Ganassi after? That's true. I who, mean, who's, who's going to leave? That would be an sounds interesting. Like, yeah. Well, and it sounds like Erickson is like, he's trying to get someone. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think Erickson is like actively trying to leave Ganassi from wh- what yeah. I've read. And mostly from Marshall Pruitt at, at uh-huh. racer.com. But um, doesn't sound like he's actively trying to get out of Ganassi, but it sounds like McLaren is pursuing him. So I guess that could be an option if if Ganassi is out to championship contenders. I think he would be a decent option. Um, are they looking for Ericsson to fill DK spot on McLaren? Can I? Well, I they've been talking about adding a fourth time full a fourth oh. full time car. Yeah, because it, it would be Pelot, 
So it'd be Pato and then Erickson would be in that fourth full-time car if they were. And it's not confirmed that they'll add it, but Zach Brown said something about how they have the commercial interest or something to to do it. So I would not be surprised. Yeah. At this point, they got money coming out of their nose, man. Yeah. Well, and if they're floating it like that, I think they're probably feeling pretty good about it. Good for them. Yeah. But yeah, so I suppose, I mean, Graham was at Ganassi. I think that was like 2012, mm-hmm. 2011 in that range. Um, Ganassi was kind of weird at that point. They basically had like they had the nine and 10, which was Dixon and Frank at that point. And then Charlie Kimball in the 83 and then Graham in the 38. And then later Ryan Briscoe in the eight. Um, but it was kind of like the nine and 10 were almost their separate team. Like on a performance level, they were in another, they were on another level. They had the resources. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the 83 and the, I mean, granted Charlie Kimball wasn't the best racer of all time, (laughs) but um, yeah, it was, there was kind of like a, a drop off between and like Charlie Kimball was kind of a, a paid driver. So it was, they they didn't those teams didn't have quite the same skill I guess and and I I don't know if it, it was totally investment wise but yeah and now obviously they're they're putting a lot more into their other rides so yeah I think that could be a good option for them but yeah mm-hmm. we'll see I mean I it, like like you mentioned we'll get to Connor Daly at some point but it sounds like the uh, silly season dominoes are starting to fall already so. What does that mean? Silly season dominoes. Well, have you heard silly season? You've never heard that term before? No. It's kind of like like driver movement. Essentially like free free agency almost. For oh, like you know what? I have heard that. I have yeah. heard that. Uh, it just took a second to register in my head. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. only hear it in like racing terms. Yeah, that's the only time I've heard it. So yeah, maybe I'm just... It just took a second. I don't know. Um. All right, so yeah. we talked a lot about pit lane last time. I don't know if we talked a lot, but <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. We we've been talking about the track and everything, and we did not mention pit lane once. And I, because I feel like it was really a non, <laughs> yeah, not non. It did not play a role at all. Yeah, I thought for sure someone was going to mess it up. Well, it's wild that there were seven yellows and at no point was there like full field yellow flag pit stops. Yep. And nothing happened. No crash on pit lane. Yeah. Like there was a couple times where I was like, oh, he's about to kill that guy. Um, (laughs) You can say that about any. Exactly. Any pit lane. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, surprising that it worked out so well, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It would have been interesting if they got some yellow flag pit stops. I think it, it would have gone very differently. I think if that had happened. Yeah. I I was expecting a lot more chaos. (laughs) I just on pit lane or like in pit lane in the race as a whole. There was so there was a decent amount of chaos in in the race. I'd say it wasn't like Nashville levels, which you'll understand it. At a later point you'll. Yeah. But that's why everyone was kind of comparing it ahead of the race to Nashville because it felt Nashville's also very narrow and kind of mm-hmm. kind of a weird layout. So yeah, I want to know why they can't get packed up correctly for starts and restarts. 
that drives me insane well that's got to just be uh like like the individual drivers right like some guys like ah, i'm not gonna get that you know this guy's trying to waste my time or you know like well they're all trying to get a jump you know yeah that's what i mean like, yeah or like i i think about like tire temperature too yeah um yeah. like the guys at the back you know you might go a little bit slower i feel like yeah um yeah that's true i've never really considered that but yeah it, it was kind of funny that they're about to start the race and that guy the flag waver uh mm -hmm. he waits until like the last like yeah second. last second yeah i noticed yeah, I that was, too <laughs> i was watching i'm like wow if i was <laughs> if i was below i'd be so pissed uh because you're just like waiting it's like you know well it's kind of Polo's fault well it's, it's kind of kind of well it's not just his fault there's it kind of is though there's 26 other guys yeah but uh, if you go so early trying to get a jump on everyone else before everyone like no other series has this problem nascar does not have this problem yeah like nascar <laughs> they have 40 cars and they're all lined up bumper to bumper ready to go and like never have an issue they never wait i've i can't remember the last time i saw a waved off restart in nascar because yeah. they get it they know how to do it i don't understand why why i think indycar needs to and hopefully someone over there is listening and will <laughs> they can have this idea <laughs> is they need to get like draconian with the consequences for blowing a start for having a waved off start i think they should get one you have to finish the race on three tires <laughs> Well, no. So it should be the so you, you get one shot, you get, you know, there's the first attempt. And if they wave that off, you get one last shot. And if they wave that off, if there's not at least 10 rows lined up correctly behind you, or if it's too slow and people are wrecking behind them, too, because that's happened. That's Will Power is notorious for that, by the way. Um <laughs> I think you should have to go to the back. If if they if you can't get it right on the second attempt at a start or a restart, you need to go to the back. That's very uncharacteristic <laughs> IndyCar. Uh, I don't care. It's a problem. They need to fix it. I mean, and that I will would fix it. I will say though, they handed out. Uh, I saw them at least hand out one penalty during this race, which is more than I can say. Well, maybe not more. But uh, I felt like they they they're coming down. They're being a little bit more strict uh, with certain things. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. They did give Canapino a blocking penalty. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up, and I wasn't sure if we wanted to get it now. But yeah, they gave him the blocking penalty because uh, he kind of did it like two times mm -hmm. uh, where he was really uh, was it Herda? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like just totally. I mean, he's Herda was faster. Yeah. Well, I think um, if it's like borderline, they typically give them like a warning. Mm -hmm. And then if they do it again, that's when they give them the penalty. Or if it's like super egregious, I think they'll give them a penalty sometimes. Um, the tricky thing with IndyCar is like you can do it. You can't do it in reaction. So if you get a bad, you know, if you can't lay the power down well out of a corner and you think the guy behind you is going to get a run, you can like take the inside line. Mm. before they get over there like the guy behind you before they have the chance to get over there but you have to stay there and if like the guy behind you or girl if the guy or girl behind you moves out you can't move over in front of them 
but you can do it in like a preventative fashion. And it seemed like, I don't know, it was more the one going down to what is that turn eight right before the pit entrance. That one was a little more in reaction to, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think he probably deserved it. I think that was a good call. Yeah, no, I think it was a good call. Um, I'm just surprised to see it where in other instances I was like, man, why didn't they get a penalty there? Uh, for yeah. not, maybe, maybe not, you know, uh, maybe not like uh, holding or, you know, holding anyone yeah. up, but uh, for other stuff. Uh, it's cool to see them actually interact. <laughs> yes, from from like a, a new fan. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen as many penalties as I'm used to when I'm mm-hmm. watching the FIA interact with F1. Um well, yeah, and we don't another, have to go into that, but I'm just noting that normally, yeah, no, that's I mean, they're that's a little true. bit more strict. They are, yeah, yeah. I think the bar is much lower over there than it is here for what constitutes a penalty. Which I mean, maybe, maybe IndyCar needs to lower the bar. Maybe it's things are a little too rough. I mean, I kind of feel like if it doesn't ruin someone's race, yeah, whatever. If if it's dangerous and like they somehow everyone comes away unscathed, I think you should still get a penalty for it. But if it if it ruins someone's race, I think like Pato at Long Beach on Dixon, for example, like Pato should have been penalized for that. That was, you know, that was a late move and mm-hmm. yeah. definitely, yeah, no, yeah. that that totally should have been a penalty. Yeah. So was- I so maybe I mean uh, Scott Dixon after that was like you know. If this is how we're going to race, maybe this is how, you know, maybe we're going to race. I'll run you into the wall or you'll run me in the wall. Do you think that would be like good for IndyCar, though, to have people running each other into the wall all the time? <laughs> uh, sorry, the the statement itself is funny because um, <laughs> no, uh, the, the obvious answer is no. I want people to race and race well and win well. Yeah. Um, I don't want people to run each other into the wall and people get seriously hurt. But yeah. uh, I I want people to almost do that. <laughs> because you're pushing it to the limit. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I need to make this corner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the fine line. And that's why these guys... You know, hopefully yeah. get paid enough to where, you know, they they can do that and and feel comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, for example, the Felix and and Rossi incident. Like, do you think that was over the line, or do you think that like got right up to the line? I thought that was like the perfect level. Um, yeah. yeah. If we want to go into that, I feel like. Uh, if anything, Felix was a little aggressive, um, mm-hmm. but coming from where he is, fighting for a spot, uh, mm-hmm. this podium was—I thought this was huge. Oh, um, for sure. And he—I—I I totally don't blame him at all for being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, you know, Rossi, you just got to get good, man. Talked about that on the last show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, did you see anything about what Rossi said afterward on his podcast, our our colleague? Uh, you know, I didn't listen to his podcast, but I saw his post-race comment where he, he mentioned that they'll talk about it internally. So did he not talk? Did he, he mentioned it externally? <laughs> well, he, yeah, he did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. he talked about it on their podcast. He has a podcast with 
James Hinchcliffe. I don't know if you need that or not. It's called. The I did know that. I did know that. I just haven't listened. It's yeah. It's it's a fun listen sometimes. It's I can't listen to it all the time, but it's interesting just to hear from them. But um, yeah, he kind of said like you know I race people like that. I should expect other people to race me like that. And he's essentially said, I don't have a problem with it. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Because it sort of seemed like after the race that he did have a problem with it. I think um, he just didn't want to start anything. In, in After well, yes. hearing that, I think he was just like, you're talking I don't to the want media. to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, especially uh, guys get like that. I don't know. But people mm-hmm. get like that. I, sh- I, I keep using guys. When I, I'm using the Midwestern guys. Okay. Yeah. It's everyone. Yes. Um, and uh, but people get like that, you know. They don't want to. They'd rather keep it in a controlled area or just have the time to process. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just yeah. got out of the car for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, give us, give him a break. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's. I don't know. I think, I think it's good that he's willing to, to you know. Oh, I love that. I, it's a great answer. Hard racing. Yeah. It's a great answer. I just, you know, I I was worried when he said, oh, we'll handle it internally. I'm like, here we go. They're going to fight. Yeah. Or like if this was Drive to Survive, that'd be a clip that they would cut. And then they would cut to, um, you know, a black screen uh, with Felix in front of him saying like, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that's not like that's a really bad Felix. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's more British than Swedish. It, but we'll exactly. let it go. <laughs> uh they're all european to me (laughs) um well what do you think ultimately so i mean it that move got felix a podium yeah it was a good move what do you think that means for felix long term do you think i mean being aggressive and and willing to you know go to head to head against rossi who's pretty widely regarded as one of the best drivers and most aggressive drivers in the series how do you think that helps him or hurts him? I guess it could hurt him in in uh, in his pursuit of a, a renewed contract with McLaren next year. Well, yeah, the fact that it's his teammate hurts him. Yeah, right. Because uh, you get uh, for you me, you never want to wreck your teammate. You never yeah. want to wreck your teammate, especially yeah. when you're trying to cut through a corner. Yeah. Or you know, I've seen worse. <laughs> ways to wreck your teammate but uh <laughs> but yeah you know uh i think it just i think it, i think overall it bodes well for him you know yeah. um i think he'll get a spot somewhere next year i don't know if it'll be on a competitive team i really hope it is um mm-hmm. and i'm i'm not gonna lie if he if there's not a spot open for him on a competitive team i think he should really just go do rally car or like that would be cool something be else i think yeah great at rally car um he probably would be there's that scandinavian that's they're notorious for their exactly. rally skills so maybe 100 right in i yeah. i've seen some some theories out there online on twitter about him potentially slotting into a ride at uh at andretti if devlin goes like i think everyone's expecting him to i think that He's, would be a good fit to have him colton Grosjean and Kirkwood, I think that would be that that's a great lineup. I in my opinion. So if if the McLaren stuff doesn't work out, which I'm not expecting it to at this point. Yeah. Well Devlin Devlin's been real bad. 
Oh, he he finished 13th at the 500. He finished 12th this week. So he's had a couple of decent results. He was, I don't know if you saw, he was racing Simon Paginot pretty good this weekend. Um, Paginot was not too happy with him. Listen to the words that just came out of your mouth, though. He's racing Simon Paginot pretty well. Simon Paginot has been horrible this year. Simon Paginot had a good car this week. He, what, like, what he, he was competitive. Where, if he's not in top 10, I don't care. <laughs> like, well, he finished 13th, but he started 8th. Like, he had borderline fast 6 speed this week. I don't know. I just feel like that... Oh, okay, if if Felix is in Pagano's car, I'm happy. But you got to be doing better than... Uh, I mean, you're in the top 50% of IndyCar. That's pretty decent, but it's like... Well, yeah, Felix and he is also good has enough- dead weight as a teammate. <laughs> he's got yes. the 48 year old shell of elio castroneves that he's dragging around <laughs> you've never been so blunt about well, castroneves I, I mean it's it's getting kind of ridiculous you're you very point. nice to him earlier and yeah i mean if yeah castroneves still has a ride uh for the rest of the year and uh connor daly doesn't which is interesting um but I I don't I don't know I think is it fair to say Michael Shank is weekend at burying Elio Castroneves? <laughs> I I would go that far. He still has you know he still he's moving around. We know he isn't dead. Um, so he's well maybe he's really good at it, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and. Uh, point being, though, I, I want Felix in a good car. Um, and <laughs> if he's on Andretti, that I think Andretti's probably good enough for Felix. Oh, Felix yeah. would be good. He'd be the best driver in Andretti, I think. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah? You think I, Herta? Or, uh, Herta sorry. is better than Felix, 100%. Yeah. Kirkwood, given his drive this week, given his drive at Long Beach given how his drive was going at the 500. I I think, I think Kirkwood's the guy to watch in the series right now in terms of the next couple of years. Kirkwood's been really fun. Yeah. yeah. This he, year he's been awesome. He is fast. He's, he's going to be long-term. He's going to be a force I, to be reckoned with. And I, my, in my opinion, I think the closest comparison in recent years is Joseph Newgarden. Like that's who he kind of reminds me of. I could, I could see that. I, I don't know Newgarden's trajectory or anything like that because I'm just so late to this. Yeah, but um, I think Felix, though, I say, I, and I'll stay, I'll stand by that statement. He'll be, he would be the best driver because I feel like Curtis kind of, at least this year, he's on a plateau or things are just not working out the way they normally would. Yeah. Um, and well, uh, I, I mean, have her- to, I have to play the results in to that, you know? Um, well, I mean, it, just as Kirkwood had a good race th- this week, so did Colton because Colton started 24th and ended up finishing 11th. Yeah. I so, mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but you're starting 24th. Well, I mean, they both hit the wall in qualifying. They both did the same exact thing. And a result would, is a result, though. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's not nothing to move up 12 spots out of no, the 27-car field. It's good. But, like, 
uh, you just gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be better than that. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm probably a little too, a little too demanding, maybe, <laughs> of my drivers. Uh, but it's what what I expect to watch. You know, I want to see dominance. Yeah, and I and I'm not saying these guys don't want to dominate. <laughs> it's just, it's just stuff happens, you know. Yeah. In, in the race, and they probably can't. They probably have limited control. But well, no one's going back. No one's going to dominate though. And like we're we're kind of talking as if Alex Pillow has been dominating so far this year. He's only won two races. Yeah, but that's as much as you can. Yeah, like yeah, in this in this sport. Yeah, <laughs> in this league. Yeah. Um. Should we talk about about Grosjean? My favorite Romain. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Grosjean. Do you think he's wasting a top ride? It, I mean, like he's obviously got some speed, but I mean, he's wrecked what five out of seven races so far this year. I, you know, I hadn't been keeping count, but that sounds right. Uh, some of those not his fault, um, but. I think they're like all his fault. Well, St. Pete now isn't his fault. It's it's a different it's it goes back to the the argument we had last week where it's like are you competing or are you you know are, are, are you not uh are you just running wild? Um yeah. so is he wasting a top ride? Listen, he brings in he brings in fans. There are Grosjean fans. He does. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's I, hard for me. for me. I hate Grosjean. I think he is wasting <laughs> a spot. He's <laughs> wasting a ride. He shouldn't be in this <laughs> in IndyCar. Mm-hmm. But hey, he. You know what? Like, I, I can't remember if we talked about it, but we were we were walking by Grosjean's garage, mm-hmm. and he was there, and he was signing, and we were like. It would have been a little bit of a hassle to go over there. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But you, you and Olivia were like, "Hey, you should go over there. Go get his autograph." <laughs> and I was like, "You never want to meet your villains." Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you, you don't want to find out you actually like them. I think I would. <laughs> I think I would like him. Um, <laughs> uh, All right, we're getting somewhere here. So, we're getting some honesty. Yeah, I. You know, I. I'm not going to say he's wasting right because he's still. I think he's still very competitive. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> so he's wrecked four times out of seven races so far. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Pete, Texas, Indy at the 500, and then this week at Detroit. He finished 11th at the GMR, which he was just kind of middling the whole the whole day. Um, but then he's got two second places. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you don't get kind second of place weird... by accident, you know. No, and it's kind of all or nothing. But the my point is, he's you know, if it is all or nothing, that's one thing. He's not, it's not really all or nothing because he's not getting it all. <laughs> he has not <laughs> won, and he seemingly cannot win. So I don't know. To me, it feels like I, I think the counterpoint is like, well, who would fill fill that seat? I especially with with Devlin <laughs> also at Andretti, but I mean Felix, Lungard, Calamilot, Renus. I think Graham. I think all, even Canapino. I think yeah. they all could do something with that, and I think they all could win races. 
in that seat. I don't think they're better than Grosjean, though. Personally, I, I think they're better. He... I think they're better than um, Devlin. Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah. <laughs> no arguments here. <laughs> but I and that's not a knock on Devlin. Um, it's just I there's I think there's better drivers out there than him right now. I I mean, what about like some of the you know, like the guys who can't find a ride? Marcus Armstrong, like, although it sounds like he's gonna do. Um, granted, he's got a good ride anyway, but sounds like he's going to do Gateway in Iowa, which will be cool. But uh, Linus Lundquist, who was last year's Indy Lights champ, he doesn't have a ride. There's some other guys who've been floating around. Oliver Askew, for example. Um, Sage Karam. Other guys who probably could be in the conversation for a ride. Connor, Connor Daly. I don't know. Connor's you want to include him at that... It, in this conversation we can um, again should we just get it should we just get it over with should we get I don't, the ca- well <laughs> i just want to finish this point i don't think yeah i don't think i don't actually think connor daly is better than Romain grishon <laughs> but I, he's a guy out there looking for a ride and could he yeah. do something with it i don't know it's hard to say but yeah yeah well yeah yeah whatever let's just i is there anything you you want to touch you know, on about detroit before we move on well, I, I mean, Grosjean, Grosjean had another meltdown in the yeah. car. He always does. And I like the passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like, I I am the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would be doing the same thing if I were him. But, like, <laughs> in terms of, uh, I don't know, professionalism, he should try not to do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, well, I kind of like it. I kind of like seeing. I like it, but I don't like cares. when he yells at his team. When I see him yelling at, and, and I, I know it's not at his team. It's he's yelling in frustration at yeah, the circumstances. Just, yeah. But like, it looks like he's yelling at his team. Um, and if I, you know, if I were someone on that team, I'd be like, God. Uh, <laughs> Like the Indy 500 was like the perfect example of that because yeah. he was doing it a lot. Um, that's what bugs me uh, a bit yeah. with him. I don't know. So. I kind of like seeing a psychopath in action. <laughs> I kind of enjoy one, that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. You need one of them at least. You know, we need another one. We need, we need like six. Yes, and we just need to like trap them all in Detroit and let them run around for long enough, My and God. they will all be at each other's throats. I think that's, they're <laughs> it's essentially like a WWE cage match. They're gonna, they're gonna have to pay the 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 road crew guys like overtime. <laughs> Probably, yeah. All right. Well, I, no. Let's just get into let's just get into Connor Daly. Just get we, into it. We need to get into Connor. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, Connor Daly got fired. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. He lost his ride at Ed Carpenter Racing. Um, his the sponsor Bit Nile, which Connor Daly brought to the team, is going to stay. It's not following Connor; it's staying with Ed Carpenter Racing. And Ryan Hunter Ray is going to uh, take over the empty seat for the rest of the year. Um, Tyler, what was your reaction when you saw that news? Um, 
Well, uh, I think I had some smart, smart ass comment where I was like, Connor Daled his last lead or something, I, something <laughs> stupid like that. That's I'm an I'm an idiot in that regard. But uh, you know, I Connor Daly has 104 races mm-hmm. and one podium. Yeah, yeah. I think the silence after that was necessary because it's like. You got to take a look in the mirror at some point and be like, what is happening? And it's and and the some point and when you should do that is like 30 races in one point. <laughs> um, yeah. So bit Nile not following him is kind of a uh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think bit I don't know if bit is going to be around long enough. There's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> with crypto these days. Yeah. A lot of unregistered uh, unregistered. Uh, what's it called? Uh, exchanges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quickly falling into lawsuits but um i was surprised that they removed him mid-season i think that was an unclassy move on their part i i i i was a little surprised i would have thought jack harvey would have lost his seat before connor daly if i were a betting man that's Mm -hmm. who i would have picked no offense to jack (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) i I'm not, again, I'm not shocked. And sometimes you just got to make a change. It doesn't, it's not going to help Ed Carpenter racing to have Connor running 18th every week. It doesn't do anything for him. And if I'm Ed Carpenter, your responsibility is to win races. Yeah. And and actually perform on track. And you have a guy like Rena's VK who you've got him under contract for probably a couple of years, I think. I haven't heard his name amongst the 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 off-season moves this year. Um who has won a race? He he's capable of winning races. And from what I gather, I don't think Connor Daly is was doing the team any favors in terms of setup and helping Renus develop into an even better driver than he already is. I mean, he's started no worse than fourth at the 500. He clearly has talent. Oh and yeah. Renus. It, sure. it seemed like his, he was on a very steep upward trajectory there for a while. And he's kind of plateaued. And part of me wonders if, he doesn't know how to like set up a car. Well, you and need someone who wasn't learning that. from Yeah. And he wasn't learning that from Connor Daly because no offense to Connor Daly. He also hasn't been around. He yeah. like, or successfully been around. Yeah. I mean, he's been kind of in and around the series for like 10 years and he only has a hundred starts. I think like, there's, there's something more going on with that team though. Mm-hmm. It's not just, Connor Daly isn't a good driver, which is, you know, I, I uh, racer.com put out an article with a good quote in it that I couldn't, I, you know, I can't for the life of me remember the exact quote, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, they're talking about how there was a interpersonal relationship, uh, that was causing some sort of rift. Uh, and that was the only place that was mentioned. If you look at Connor's statement and if you look at uh at Carpenter Racing statement, mm-hmm. they're both very corporate, very much like, hey, you know, this is mutual. Mm-hmm. We think it'd be good if we just split off and go did our own thing. And yeah. then everyone is jumping on Connor Daly's Instagram, like, oh, you know, 
cheers to whatever happens next. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, cause they know he's going to go somewhere. He's not done racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, has he done an IndyCar? I don't, maybe that could happen. Yeah. I don't know it for those who, who didn't see the story. Um, it's, it's from Marshall Pruitt at racer.com. Um, it's Hunter Ray joins Ed Carpenter racing. IndyCar team is the name of the, the article. Um, I'll read the whole the whole quote. Um, and this is this isn't a quote from anyone in particular. This is this yeah. is Marshall Pruitt writing here. But he's got his sources. Yes. Um, and it says, although the conclusion of the relationship between ECR and Daly is understood to be one that has more to do with interpersonal relationships than the Hoosiers on track results, the reset by the team with the number 20 Chevy also created an op- opportunity to draft in the longstanding Andretti Autosport driver to get a handle on what the program will need to vie for routine podiums and wins when the new season begins in 2024. Which is weird because they're writing, they're already writing off the 23 season as they should. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lost cause at this point, but Ryan Hunter Ray, is he their guy going forward or is he just a stand in? Um, um, I mean, he's, he's not young. So I, I mean. can't imagine I I would be surprised if he's if he sticks around next year. Well then like why I, I feel like this'll be he'll be in for the rest of the year and then they'll move on to someone young like Linus Lundquist. Well maybe maybe they liked Ryan Hunter Ray and his uh his appeal and his like maybe they are looking for that guy who can teach VK. Yeah, uh, well and, and I he's think he's that guy or a guy. Yeah, he's very experienced. I mean, he's won a 500. He's won a championship. There's very few guys floating around out there that can do that. And I mean, he finished 11th the 500. He was competitive. Mm-hmm. He showed up with a team that only races at the 500. It would, you know, and he was the second car in that in that scenario. So, I mean, he he, I think he is good at setting up a car. I think he's good in uh, like an engineering development sense, I think he can help them out. I feel like that's the reputation he has. Um, And I think that's probably what they need. It's, and they want to bring him in and he can maybe help them get pointed in the right direction. Um, Whether or not that happens, who can say at this point, but I think Ryan Hunter Ray offers Ed Carpenter racing something at this point that Connor Daly does not, unfortunately, because Connor Daly is good for the series. I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter and everything, people were upset that he hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Um, and like, I get it. I mean, yeah. he's a lot of people's favorite driver. Yeah. He he's is. an icon. Yeah. He, he's one of those guys who's just, you know, he it just didn't work out for him in any car. Yeah. But he's still damn good driver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a little weird. I don't know. It's like it's disappointing, but I'm also kind of like, well, good for Ed Carpenter Racing because again, the their job is to win races, not to give Connor Daly a platform. Well, <laughs> you know, fair fair, but also I think the way that it happened wasn't the best because um I don't think I mean, I'm glad they gave him an opportunity for this season. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever someone's just releasing a statement, 
it's never like you're leaving on the best of terms. It's a breakup still. But like, I think ideally you come out and you have a press conference together and you're like, you know, this is, you know, Connor would respect this is what's best for the team or the team would respect Connor and say, you know, there, there clearly, it was not as like mutual as they wanted to seem. I don't know. Um, I, uh, if personally, if I were getting fired, I wouldn't be like, I want to have a press conference about how I'm getting fired. Well, <laughs> like I wouldn't want to do that. No, you don't want to have a press conference about how you're getting fired, but you want to, if, if you care about the team itself, you care about our carpenter racing, you're going to be like, Hey, I haven't been performing. I understand at least like if I get fired from my job because I'm doing a crappy job, I, I think I would understand, but if there's external factors where it's like, hey, you know, my strategist made this call or yeah. that we set this car up this way because this one, this guy wanted it to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, like all that stuff is happening in the background. I don't know. This is yeah. speculation somewhat, right? And yeah, God forbid we have some spe- speculation. That's okay, though. Um, <laughs> like those conversations are happening mm-hmm. and it's not all Connor and it's not like. I don't know. I just yeah. feel very uh I, I feel for the Connor Daily fans because who knows what's actually happening behind closed doors. We yeah. won't until there's a book or or, <laughs> or you know, someone retires and spills the beans or something yeah. like that. Well, I mean Connor Daly's got his own podcast, so Yeah. We I'm sure he'll he'll divulge some information at some point on there. For but, sure. Yeah. All these guys got podcasts? Uh, Connor Daly's got one. Yeah, the bus Rossi, bros, obviously. Bus, yeah, bus bros. Um, I you see think, what we're competing with. Why are you? Why are you guys listening to us? I think Marcus Armstrong. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Marcus Armstrong and Callum Eilat have one too. We're we're in good company, Tyler. I think we should take that angle. We're tell you what though, we have some interesting colleagues. And we have, we have something in common with a lot we're, of guys. We're going to give you, you coming to us because we're just two guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we got no, we really got no dog in this fight. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that comes across. And, and if it doesn't ever feel free to reach out and say, Hey, you guys missed up. You guys are <laughs> being the corporate wine. You're telling the corporate wine uh, that we don't get paid for. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the the moral of the story is if Connor Daly wanted his wanted to continue driving Fred Carpenter racing, he should have done better. He should have. <laughs> yeah, he probably should have won some races. But I, I, at the other end of that, I'll, I'll still defend him. He it could have been other people having more powerful or bigger voices in the room. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean that's true. Well, the, I mean one angle I think that I haven't really seen discussed anywhere. And I think people, everyone's kind of framing it as like, how dare Ed Carpenter like kick Connor Daly out to the curb after he brings in this big sponsor. What if it was Bitnile that said, you know what? We're done riding around in the back at no TV coverage. Like you guys need to do something to get, get us some exposure. Like that's not the, for like, that's that's not, it's not unheard of. I, I totally understand it. I mean, wow. I, I saw people calling. I, I I saw people referring to it as getting veached, and that probably means nothing to you, Tyler. But there was a driver driving for Andretti 
Zach Veach, who <laughs> through this very convoluted story, I think it was like through his pastor or something, got in touch with the CEO of Gainbridge, which okay. is now, you know, on. Yeah, um, it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, it was group 1001 is the, is the parent company and they own all these insurance companies or whatever. Um, Zach Veach got booted out of his ride at Antretti in Gainbridge stayed and now is funding Colton Herta's career essentially. And his, the CEO has since like bought into Andretti Autosport. <laughs> so there, it's not unprecedented is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is a sponsor, but I tell you what, if I'm listening, nothing against crypto guys, but you know, no, actually I do have something against you guys. Um, <laughs> if like crypto in large part, uh, there's a lot of scams going on. Uh, yeah. and it's very unregulated and it's very risky. Yeah. Um, not to say Bitcoin isn't, uh, Bitcoin seems to be stable somewhat. Um, yeah. and I'm not going to say I understand all of it, but I, it, I don't know. It, I mean, if you're going to burn out, you might as well burn bright, right? Like, oh, for leave sure. it all on the table. Yeah. Why not? Um, I made what, and this is coming from someone who made like, I made a few thousand dollars off of Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the uh, FEC isn't listening to this conversation. No, they should. I mean, I don't know how or, I made is it. Is it SEC? F what did I say? There there's SEC. Uh okay, SEC, not the FEC. But like they like BitNile isn't gonna be around in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I don't think. If BitNile's around in 10 years, I would be very shocked. Uh what I would you be... do. I want to get you on record. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do, but like I want but, I want a callback here. I need something to be able to. Connor Daly will still be a name, I think, in in five to ten years. Um, I would not be surprised if he starts doing TV. That yeah. like he's kind of got that will not. personality. I, I I that's my prediction. But now it's gonna be uh kaput, or it's gonna be a different form or something. Did you see Dan, uh, Danny Ricardo is going to do like a Manning cast for a couple of F1 races with Will Arnett, Bojack yeah. Horseman? Yes. Yeah. I I know this seems very unrelated, but yeah, that can, just took a. I can one hundred percent see Connor Daly doing like a Manning cast on like Peacock or whatever for IndyCar oh, races. Yeah, no, he's I still think, like that, and that would be a good fit for him. I think so. Um, who would be Hinch? Would he go with Hinch? Uh, I, I think would he Hinch do would like be a, good on a celebrity or something. Yeah, I think it would be a similar scenario. Although they mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to get Will Arnett, it would be like Alfonso um, Ribeiro. <laughs> flavor Flav. Maybe we could get maybe Flavor Flav. I'll dude. I'll I'll take Tucker Carlson. Like you know, <laughs> we'll just get whoever we He's want. It's available. Man. He's available. <laughs> he's got well. He's got his own thing going on, but he's. It sounds like he's available. Um, love him or hate him, he's around. Yes. He uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was just a weird. I don't know. It was. It was a surprise in the sense that I was oh. not expecting that to pop up yesterday. But I'm I also was not surprised. Who, that it who do you think? Who who were you thinking was gonna get the boot? Because I had a feeling someone was. 
Jack Harvey. I 100% thought it would be Jack Harvey. I thought Jack Harvey. I thought, you know, maybe Ferrucci, but Ferrucci just had that Indy 500 turnout. Yeah, no Um, way. Ferrucci's going to be around for the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah. Um, Which, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about him, but I saw a tweet. I'm not going to say specifically who tweeted it, but um, it was like a notable uh, IndyCar account. Not a uh-huh. not a driver, not like a team or anything, but it was someone saying that like teams are going to be like clamoring to sign Santino at the end of the year because he's having such a great year. Um, really? Yes. And I just want to point out that outside of the 500, which admittedly he had a good 500. He had a good 500. Great 500, I would say. Yes. Don't know um, how he did it. Like that's just that's the thing. Yeah, me either. Well, I I do. He did it because of Michael Cannon. I think is yeah. really his engineer. But um, I just wanted to to point out on this podcast, get it on the record, um, that five out of the seven races so far this year, he's finished twentieth or worse. <laughs> yes, and that is not like like you should be thinking to yourself, Stinger Rob has like not finished a race this whole year. Yeah. Santino Ferrucci has barely like he's like one step better than Stingray Rob. Yeah. And yeah, you know. he's not but he has not been good this year. And I part of me feels like it's the TV coverage. People have this perception of Santino like well, it's a good name. It is, but they just are like constantly just like fucking <laughs> him off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I, it's just repeatedly just the what do you, most what did, what egregious finish, uh what did he finish at detroit i don't even know 21st he oh he but that wasn't he was up there at one point wasn't he but no he was, or so, was he <laughs> you know when which we didn't talk about pato at all which i kind of want to go back to that actually, oh we should talk i about do pato. feel 1000 percent vindicated in everything i felt about him <laughs> this year but pato was trying to get around santino to avoid going two laps down And that was lap 59. So it wasn't even halfway through the race. Santino was going a lap down. Mm -hmm. Santino ultimately finished three laps down. I I don't know. It's like he might have. Ferrucci was maybe already a lap down at that point. He wasn't getting out of the way. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess he might have been. If he was only one lap down, he might have been fighting Pato for like actual on track position, which is fair to not get out of the way of of Pato because Pato was a lap down at that point but yeah I mean that's he was that far behind he was not not competitive in the slightest um and I mean he at the very end of the race there like him and and Stingray Rob were kind of fighting it out and that's how they both ended up (laughs) causing a yellow there at the end but yeah I I just wanted to get on the record that Ferrucci is not uh, someone who needs to be in a position uh, where teams are fighting for him. Well, and I don't No um, one it will be. That's my point is like he's like not he bar- doing anything worth paying attention. Yeah, he barely got this ride this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, and it, he hasn't really performed better than. I think he's performed as expected. I think that's the yes. fairest way to say it. You know, I think um, I think he'll keep his ride with Foyt next year solely based off the 500. Yep. Uh, and that's totally fair because 
Voight seems like one of those teams where they really just care about the 500. Yeah. Um, if, or if there's, or that's where they perform. Yeah. Well, no, that's not where <laughs> that's, they don't perform anywhere. <laughs> well, that's where they want to perform. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, if, if he's bringing a check and it cashes, he's got the Foyt ride next year. I don't think anyone else would seriously consider signing him for anything outside a one-off 500 run. Yeah. So. So that is the Ferrucci story. Yeah. I just wanted <laughs> uh, to. I think, no, we needed to get it on record because if, if people were going out there and saying all this stuff, like Ferrucci's the best and Ferrucci's, you know, he's, he's this new kid on the block. Who's going to break records or whatever that is out of your mind. I'm yeah, I'm so tired of it. I like I feel like I'm getting gaslit. <laughs> like he's he hasn't been he's got a handful of good results, a handful. He well, does not have a podium. I wouldn't even say good. I would say okay. <laughs> well, I guess technically he does have a podium, which was at the 500 this year, which he got out of you know who also in front of him wrecking, but you know who also has a podium? Connor Daly. Connor Daly. And Connor <laughs> so, Daly's out of a so, ride. Yeah. So yeah, we got, you know, right now in, in my eyes, they're equivalent. Um if if, if anything, Connor Daly's a little bit better. Uh but I'm I'm not I'm not totally sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think either of them are like that great. I mean, no. But... No, yeah. like, I don't know. like we said earlier, Connor Daly had 104 races and one podium. That is his IndyCar story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Pato because I want to know if you so recognize re- that I'm. Remind totally me. Right. Remind remind me of all your takes on Pato, or at least a summary version. Well, basically, over. like he doesn't really have what it takes yet. People are kind of treating him as if he's one of the top three or four drivers in the series and his results don't don't reflect that yeah i don't think he's three or four top three or four i think he's top 10 um oh well yeah yeah which is good i think that's great for pato um but like three or four i think of polo rossi power dixon like i think that's a fair there, you you could probably swap in one one of those guys for someone else. Um, I know, Eric and, Erickson's up there too. Um, I if you asked me to rank, I would put Newgarden one A, Pelo one B. Um, I would then I would have Dixon, McLaughlin, Will Power, Rossi, Colton. Kirkwood, maybe even see, see once you get in the Colton Kirkwood stuff, that's where I'm like, eh, Pato's he's right around there. He is. But um, no one's acting like no one's acting like Colton Herda is I mean, everyone knows Colton Herda is good. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I mean, does. A couple and years he, back, everyone was like, Oh, Colton Herda is gonna drive an F one. Well, and the um, other thing too is that Colton Herda has like three or four more wins. Yeah. Than Pato does. And, and but Pato the thing about Pato's wins, though, is that he is really, really fast. Like, he was almost slapping people at Texas. Uh, well, but he didn't win. He didn't win. And yeah, that's fair. And last year, one of one of Pato's wins was at Iowa. Um, and it was because 
Joseph Newgarden was, I don't know. I mean, I was at the race. It was the Sunday race. Maybe like he'd lapped all but like three cars or something and had a suspension failure. Totally not his fault. Mid corner, just suspension broke, went into the wall. Newgarden was going to sweep that weekend and Pato stumbled into a win there. And I mean, Pato's only got four career wins. And one of them is because he essentially got gifted that one. <laughs> There's <laughs> you no, know? There is no gifting. We got to get that on the record, though, because we know that this is racing. And for as many giftings, quote unquote, if you want, if you want to call it that, there are like 10 times more you know, engine failures or something like that. You know, like, I feel like it's not you, you can't be like, oh, I got gifted that because. Well, there were all these other things that all these other races that were in his control that didn't pan out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he didn't go out and take it. No, no. It wasn't like, oh, he got pole and then just like lapped everybody from like front end and finished. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like it wasn't and that was late in the race, too. I mean, yeah, you have to put yourself in position to be there if that happens. And, like, he finished second on Saturday, so it's not like he didn't have a good car there. But, like, Joseph Newgarden was so far ahead of everyone else, so, so dominant both Saturday and Sunday that, like, everyone knows Pato wasn't the car to beat that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I just feel like we've been racking up evidence towards my point. I feel very good. I still like Pato, though. Even, um... I, I feel and like I still, you're going back and forth on this. I well, I have, I've, I have, and if you've listened closely, which you you shouldn't, because half of this is rambling. Um, but uh, I feel like I like Pato. His personality sometimes mm-hmm. draws me back, mm-hmm. and um, like uh, kind of or not draws me back, but veers me away. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just got this uh fan base and this mystique, uh where it's very attention based um and but he is a really good like really fast yeah he's been uh, the first few races of the year i was like wow uh this guy is he's having a great year he's doing something special but uh or he could do something special he just hasn't put it all together yet yeah i mean he i mean he did have he finished second in saint pete in texas Mm-hmm. Then he kind of had a meltdown in Long Beach. Yep. Um, had a decent run at Barber. Finished second at at the GMR. Um, but then he's got back to back twenty fourth and twenty fifth place finishes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been kind of all or nothing this year, and I don't know. That's my point. Is like even Joseph Newgarden, like he's kind of hot and cold. But he's he's not finishing twenty fifth when he has a bad day. Like no. he'll have kind of those mid teen finishes, and he's also winning five races a year. He's winning three, you know. Like, yeah, he's getting it done when he has the opportunity. Pato has not done that, and I feel like that's the difference because guys like Pato, or sorry, guys like Polo, guys like Newgarden, guys like Scott Dixon and Will Power. They get it done. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, they, they're consistent. 
they are killers. <laughs> yeah, and and they are kind of especially Dixon's that guy where it's like he's waiting on the mistake mm-hmm. or he knows where he has to be aggressive. Especially in this race, you saw him; he was the first guy uh, to take his last pit mm-hmm. uh, on like lap sixty-six or six, somewhere in the late sixties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and everyone was like. If there's one, you know, if there's a yellow, mm-hmm. this will pan out for him. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there were like three more yellows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it didn't exactly work out. But yeah. and like, you know, we started this podcast and you're like Dixon, 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 Dixon. Like everyone, I feel like everyone was very pro. I don't think we talked about Dixon at all. Oh, we oh like it, you mean at the very beginning of the season. Oh, gotcha. Um, I thought you meant this episode. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, in the very beginning of this season, every, I felt like everyone was like, Dixon's the guy. Dixon's mm-hmm. the king. And this season, uh, I don't know if I can say that's, that that's really holding true for me. Um, he's well, certainly do- consistent, and he's decent. He's pretty good uh, this year. But Well, the thing is, Scott Dixon has never been the guy that bullies his way to the top of the grid. He's never been that guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think he ever wanted to be that guy. Joseph Newgarden is that guy. Joseph Newgarden will push everyone out of the way to get up to the front of the field. Uh I think Dixon is and Palo are very similar. Like when they're on, they're on and you can't there's nothing you can do about it. There's been times where Dixon has just absolutely dominated and no one's had anything for him Mm -hmm. and that seems to be like when polo wins he wins with authority he you know he's in a class of his own essentially and um when he's not like he's just gonna do what he can to get the most points possible he's not the goal isn't to win the race at all costs it's to maximize points Mm -hmm. um and that's what Scott Dixon has always been about. He's not been the flashiest. He's always been really good at like saving fuel and stretching stints and stretching and, tires, and that kind of stuff. It's more like racecraft than like outright speed. I, I, as a, and maybe this is because I, I talk with you so much, but um, as a new fan, I feel like that's very apparent um, that he is that guy who's more mm-hmm. consistent based and he knows strategy really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can you, you don't that. luck your you don't luck your way into fifty two career wins. <laughs> you know that doesn't no. happen. But you, if you if yeah. you could, Connor Daly probably would have um, <laughs> at least one. Um, <laughs> so uh, man, and Connor Daly fans just dude, Connor Daly fans shoot us an email at sixteenthstreetpod at gmail dot com. Let me know what I'm wrong about because uh, I'm sure it is a ton. Uh, yeah. AJ, you got you got anything left in the tank? You feel like you got it all out of your system? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we covered it all for now. Um, we'll do a show on Road America next week. It's a preview. Yeah, we got a week off this weekend. And And you know what? Next week, on top of the Road America preview, I'm offering this up to you right now. I'm gonna give us a hundred days to indie update and a walkthrough, in depth episode reviews, where I take the hottest spots from those episodes and I get AJ's reaction. Um, yeah, let's do it. I mean, because that. there's so much to catch up on. We've been leaving it 
you know, in the pits, and we can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's stalling out. We it, we're it's too important. Yeah, well, it, and it's Thursday, June eighth, which is the 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 finale is on tonight. <laughs> yeah, so so we're missing that as we're recording. So next week we'll be able to. So yeah, I, wrap up the whole series, which will be good. I think we left off at around episode three. Yeah. Uh, so we'll bring you from episode three to the finale next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll bring you all the hot goss uh, and <laughs> all the hot takes. And I, I hope you join us. And I hope, you know, uh, if you feel so inclined, if you hated my Connor daily talk or AJ's Connor daily talk, <laughs> or you really love Romain Grosjean, or, you know, any controversial opinions that we sprouted out through our dumb mouths today. Connor uh, Daly and Romaine Grosjean, email us, please. Email us. At we 16, want to hear from you. Yeah, at 16streetpod at gmail.com. That's 16streetpod at gmail.com. If you want to start some beef on Twitter, people love that. Because <laughs> uh, you can hide behind an egg. You can hide behind... Uh, a Max Verstappen uh, helmet. Uh, you can shoot us a tweet at one six street pod. Uh, that's one six street pod. Or you know, if you want to just uh, leave us a review, if you're nice, uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, we are Sixteenth Street Scanner. Wherever you're listening to this, wherever you get podcasts, feel free to subscribe. And shout out to Penny Wishes for intro and outro music. Uh, thank you, Nolan and Sierra, for that. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Bye. Three, two, one. Here they come! Coming to the finish line! Bob Jenkins, who's gonna win it?